It has been a long time since we have recorded an episode and Jess is over here getting really excited. She's at some sort of dance party concert, cool venue. Go check us out on YouTube. Uh, we we record all of our episodes um, and put them on YouTube so you can see us live and see our faces and our weird, wacky backgrounds. But uh, we have not recorded an episode in or put out an episode in a very long time. I think it's been maybe a month since we've put out a new episode. And that was not on purpose. Um, it just kind of happened. And uh, we will explain a little bit more about why we've been gone for so long. And really, why we've been gone is related to the topic of this episode today. What do you do when you experience burnout or you uh, you are exposed to uh, traumatic situations in your life um, or in your job as a teacher? Uh, we all know that that, that does happen. Uh, and or maybe you're going through grief uh, because you've lost someone that you care about or a pet. Like, what do you do in those situations uh, with your business? How do you kind of maybe um, navigate that? That's what this episode is all about. Hopefully, uh, you will learn some strategies that we've used in our lives uh, to keep our businesses afloat. And also, uh, we have yeah, like uh, some really cool like resources in terms of like another podcast you might consider listening to uh, because I recently discovered this new really awesome podcast that I want to share with everyone. So anyways, let's get to it. Cue the music. Welcome to the Wacky Teacherpreneurs Podcast. Your hosts, Jess and Amanda, have been friends and teacherpreneurs for years. Along with their successes, they've had lots of failures, foibles, and fumbles. And now, they're here to share it all with you. Stay tuned for some funny times and awesome business insights. Let's go behind the scenes of their teacher businesses now. Raw. Unfiltered. Real. Let's get started. Okay, Jess. So you have been through a lot in your life. Um, you've gone through a lot of traumatic situations. And like, I don't know how comfortable you feel about sharing um, some of the things that have happened to you throughout your life. And like, what happened to your business in those uh, situations? Like, and, and maybe we can, and I'll share what has happened recently, not the details of what happened to me recently. Um, but yeah, like, why don't you go ahead and share maybe what? Yeah. What uh, well, I started my Teachers Pay Teacher store probably, I mean, we're getting on close to 10 years ago. And I've had a lot of bad things happen the last 10 years. I, I feel like some people, they just kind of they kind of sail through life easy, right? Like they kind of have a kind of, I, I'm not saying every, I'm not saying everybody, but sometimes when I compare some of the things I've been through with other people, they're always like, wow, like, whoa, you've done, you've been through that. I have almost died in several car accidents. I've had major surgery. I had to learn to walk again. I broke both my legs, my hip and my pubic bone when I was in high school, uh, I had to walk with a cane all the way through college. I've had a lot of harrowing experiences. I grew up in poverty and I was bullied through junior high and high school. And I've just, I've always had like a lot of things happen to me that I'm just like, what, <laughs> why is this happening to me? But I think it's kind of, I mean, it, it provides you a different point of view and it definitely gives you, and I really hate the use of this word grit, but like when things happen, I do, I do pull through them. Um, and that's all you can really do. Right. But like, so the last 10 years that I've had my business, I've dealt with a lot of death, a lot of death. Um, one of my best friends in the world died of a drug overdose, opioid overdose, 
Um, and we honestly didn't know how he died for a really long time. And it was just gut-wrenching. If I told you that whole story, it's it was really hard. It was probably the hardest thing I've gone through. Um, and then my nephew died by suicide. And my father-in-law died during COVID, from COVID. And he died a month after he retired, after a 30-year career. So I've dealt with those three deaths. And then at my, I taught at a junior high. And I had about 200 students there. And that was just a few years ago. And since I've left that school and while I was at that school, I think I've lost six or seven students to other traumatic circumstances. So I've lost like a lot of students, family members, best friends. And it's just been really, it's really hard. Like death definitely takes you off the course that you think you're on business and I just thought it would be kind of interesting to discuss this. And then when I started this podcast with Amanda, I had just put down my dog. And if you've ever lost a pet, uh, it can, it's just, it's a whole different kind of grief and loss because it really, like you grow very attached to your pets and some people handle it better than others. And I wasn't handling it very well. So I've just, I've had a lot of like, I feel like every other year I go through something really traumatic and a harrowing experience. And so I thought it would be interesting kind of look back at like what I've done that I, I like things that I've learned along the way that I wish I could like tell other people. That's the point of this podcast, right? Like things I wish I would have done. And um, one thing is definitely like trying to find a community, like some people that you can lean into when these things happen that are also very business minded, because sometimes your friends will help pull you out or your business colleagues, your partners, whatever you want to call them, they can kind of help pull you out of your grief. But you also need to know when you've been associating with toxic people. And I find that grief, trauma, death, um, burnout, all of those things, like those are big flags. Uh, the way people respond to you and react to you during those times are big red flags, like either or, or like white flags, like, oh, this is a great person for you to lean on and get advice from or lean into that relationship more or like, wow, this person is toxic and maybe it's time to let that person go out of your life. So this is like a really good time too to find a community of like-minded entrepreneurs and business owners that you can lean into during the bad times. Because what I found is like, when you find like-minded friends, like they will, you know, they will support you during your grief. They'll give you the space they need, but they're also there to listen to you, but they're also there to like, maybe help you out with your business sometimes. Or, you know, like me and you started this podcast at like the depth of one of my griefs, losing my dog. Right. And, and it's like, and I was telling you about it like the whole time and you were very supportive and you still, you know, you still wanted to move on with me, like continue on the journey with me. But I was like at a very delicate point in my life. Right. And there's other people that I had to sort of walk away from. So I would just say, find find the people that when these bad things happen that you can lean into and they make you feel good after you talk to them instead of making you feel bad or guilty or yucky, like, oh, you shouldn't be having those feelings or you tell them about stuff and then they just like turn it and make it about them. Or it's just, it's a, it's actually a really good time to find that community. And people are always asking me like, how do I find those people? And I would say Facebook groups are really great. I mean, there are a million Facebook groups for every topic in the world. And you can like gently start to lean on people in those. And you can even ask people like, and this happened to me once where one of my business colleagues was like, I have been having suicidal thoughts and I need someone to talk to. And I reached out, I gave her my phone number. I'm like, you can call me day or night. I mean, these, I mean, there are genuine people in the world, but like, if you don't put yourself out there with like what's hurting you and what you need, you're never going to find them. So sometimes you just have to take a blind leap and trust you know, strangers, if you don't have anyone, if you don't have anyone in your life, trust strangers, see what happens. Because like, if you give a little bit, you might be surprised at what you get back. And they can really help you through like not only talking, but 
maybe giving you advice for how to put your business on autopilot and not lose sales while you're dealing with your grief. A lot of my friends have given me a bump during my my sad times, right? Like they've shouted out a product that they like, or they've sent out an email with a link to something that I've been doing. I mean, it's amazing what, what, um, what colleagues like that become friends and, and people in the community can do. So that, anyway, that's my, that's my little, that's my thought back. So what, what are you thinking now is you recently had something happen like the, I lost my dog. Was it last summer? Yeah, it was last, not this summer, but last summer. And that was like a huge thing in my life. It's taken me a very long time to process that grief. Um, But I know you recently had a traumatic experience happen. So have you learned anything about that or done anything different with your business or any takeaways during this, this time? I know it's been like the last month or so right yeah yeah so uh I just went through something really 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 hard um like the beginning of the school year uh where I was processing a death of a young person um and I mean I can't go into the details of like what happened uh but it it hit me really hard um like really hard. I I probably shouldn't have been teaching. Um, I probably should have taken some days off. Um, but I had reasons for why I kept going back. Um, that I also can't get it go into details about, but it, it definitely like, I mean, the first few days I didn't really realize that I was like going through like the stages of grief or whatever that that happened and it wasn't really stages it was more just like moment to moment I was feeling so many different things you know like really really angry um really really sad uh but then also like super grateful and like you know for the people that I love and and the fact that they're still alive you know and and like this like feeling of pure like happiness which is so strange you know and and like connection you know to the people that were there for me like you um I definitely reached out to you and it was weird because like there were certain people that I was like no way I can't talk to that person right now like nope 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 I just like kind of intuitively knew who I could and couldn't talk to it was very strange um And I mean, and I called you or I contacted you probably like a week after it happened um, because I just couldn't, I wasn't ready yet, you know, to like explain everything that had happened. It's almost like you, like you have to kind of process some things and then you're like, okay, now I can tell this person. Okay. Now I can tell that person. Um, But I made a really bad mistake and called someone, I'm not going to name names or anything really, really early. and. I don't, and like, I realized, uh oh, like within five minutes of talking to this person, I was like, I should not have called this person. Um, And this is like a person in my, my like family, I'm not going to name names, but like, it was a family member and they just kept saying like, you got to stay strong, stay strong. You know, you got to stay strong for this person and that person. And I was like, that is not what I want to hear right now. Like screw being strong. No, I I don't feel like being strong right now. Could you please stop saying that? And that's just what I was thinking, you know, but like the whole time I was like, I got to get off the phone. I got to get off the phone. But I also realized like different people process like death differently, you know, and even depending on the person who died, like I had both my grandparents died and like, it wasn't like I, I was weird, weirded out by how little I felt. Like, I didn't really go through stages of grief with them at all. Like, I was just kind of like, okay, like, I mean, I was sad maybe a little bit, but not really. Like, there was definitely not stages of grief. But this situation that I just experienced, there were, it it was definitely chaotic. And like, one of the thoughts that crossed my mind during this time, and I was so convinced, so convinced that I needed to burn my entire business down. I needed to like quit 
Amanda right now, I needed to quit this podcast. I even told you, like I, when I called you, I was like, we really need to stop. Like, I just can't anymore. Like I have to take everything off my plate. Like I'm too overwhelmed all the time. Like I need to make drastic changes in my life. Um, and I was just thinking very drastically, you know, and, and like at the time I was so convinced that that was like the right path and you were super supportive. Like everyone was supportive. They're like, okay, like, you know, like you're feeling like you really want to do something different with your life. And I don't know, everyone was very, I feel like people don't know how to respond to others when they're going through grief, including me. Um, But I feel like the best thing to do is just like validate the person's experience, you know, like, and try not to offer advice. Because sometimes when you do offer advice, it's like, that's not what they wanted to hear in that moment. Like be strong. That. I don't know. Like, I feel like that's the worst advice to give. (laughs) um, Maybe some people like that. I don't. Um, I want to like, I want someone to like, just listen and like, basically repeat back what I heard, what I said, you know, like, I just want to feel validated and like for someone to listen. Um, And I feel like that's the best way to deal with grief. But yeah, like, as time went on, it started to occur to me that I was going through the stages of grief. And one of those state, one of those things that kind of happens is that you have these like drastic, like you want to make these drastic life changes. Um, And now I realize like, no, you don't have to burn your business down. And I discovered this podcast um, that I want to share with everyone. I really love it. Uh, and I think it's a very, very helpful podcast for women entrepreneurs. Uh, and specifically, if you are neurodivergent or like, um, you know, you have ADHD, it is called the Driven Woman Podcast. And maybe I brought it up before. But she, I just listened to this episode that she did um, very recently, and it convinced me like, you don't need, no, the driven woman entrepreneur, you don't need to pivot, you don't need to rebrand. Well, sometimes you do. But like a lot of times, business owners, when they're kind of sick of their business, and especially like online entrepreneurs, you get really excited about a new idea and then you have like unrealistic expectations of like what that idea is gonna like what's gonna happen because like for example when we started this podcast we had lots of grand plans right and like got really excited about all the things we could do and like courses and um and then after a while it kind of you kind of get like the honeymoon phase wears off you know and then that's kind of when people start to think like a year in, like I need to rebrand or I need to shut this down and start over and do something different. And so she has this whole episode. uh, It's called Embracing Evolution, Recognizing When It's Time for a Small Business Makeover. And what she says is like, if you're going through something traumatic, that is not the time to like make drastic (laughs) decisions. Like you got to like hold on a little bit there, you know, like wait until you're like in your right mind. And like, you've kind of had time has passed. Um, yeah. And, and then she talks about like, a lot of times what needs to happen is you need to kind of, um, stop like the, especially if you're burned out, like you got to look at your expectations for your business, right? Like sometimes our expectations are like way too high, especially when we're going through something hard and that maybe what could we do to uh, like maybe shut some bills down, you know, or like save money or kind of like pull back a little bit rather than like amping up and starting something brand new, which is always what we've done, right? And so like, I don't know, like, and TPT, like if you're on teachers pay teachers, I mean, if you're reliant on it for your bills and like your, your, like, that's your only source of income, like that's a different situation than if it's just like a side business and you have like a career, a teaching job, right? 
So like to me, TPT, it's really easy for me to put that on the back burner and not even do anything with it. Um, but my other business, like I pay for Kajabi every month. That's a big bill. And that's the one that keeps, keeps weighing on my mind, you know, like, how am I going to pay this Kajabi bill every month? Um, yeah. And, and so for me, like my biggest, the thing that's really helped me because I've been going through so many changes and a lot of traumatic things and like grief and losing a young person. Um, I'm every single month. I look at my business, like uh, my budget spreadsheet and I just input everything, all my bills and like what I spent and then what I made on TPT, what I made on my website and what I made on Kajabi. And if it's, if I made a little bit more than what my bills are, then I'm like, okay, I'm fine. Everything's fine. So like, I've been prioritizing that budget spreadsheet through all of this. Like the last day of the month, I just go in in there. I look at it, you know? So like, that's, I I feel like when you're going through something really hard, like, could you have someone else kind of look at your, your numbers? Cause that's not my strength. But like when your business is suffering, like that's what you have to look at first, you know, the numbers. Um, What do you think about all of that? I've been talking forever. (laughs) No, I totally agree. I think that's great. I think that's a totally different way of looking at things, right? Like look at your, you know, don't, don't just make a, don't make a rash decision, right? Like don't, and I, I kind of could relate with some of what you were saying. I've never wanted to shut my businesses down, never once, but I always want to start new ones, (laughs) which is in a way it's sort of like abandoning my old ones to just start new ones. And I start a million all the time. In fact, I just got this email about this one business that I started and I never even launched it. Like I bought a website and I bought this and I bought and it's all like renewing. I was going to do a podcast. I made graphics and it was, it was after a period of grief. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I bought like three year domain on it. And so now it's been three years and it's coming back up and it's going to renew. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's like a hundred dollars. What? I haven't even done anything with this. Like it was a great idea. And if I told you the idea, you'd be like, oh my gosh, that is a really cool idea. But, (laughs) but I'm like, why, why do I do that? I do that all the time. So I could really relate to that. Just like, don't start something new, I think, for a while. Like, I think you need to, if anything, analyze your current budget and cut things that don't make sense. And for me, obviously, I'm just used to, you know, finding people I can lean on a little bit that will, like, kind of steer me in the right direction, at least, when I'm going to make a a rash decision, just people to kind of like, and that's what you did when you were upset, you were kind of telling your friends and everyone was being really supportive. Right. But I don't think anyone was like, yeah, you should totally quit everything. Right. Everyone was just like, yeah, well, whatever you're feeling like, and like kind of giving you the space you needed, but nobody was like agreeing with you. Right. At the time, like, oh yeah, shut it all down. Who cares? But I mean, you know, look, listen to those reasonable voices in your life right? And just give yourself time. I would say like, give yourself two to three months before you make a big decision that's hard to undo, right? Like give yourself like two to three months to just kind of like, see how you're feeling like each day. And if you, after 90 days, if you're still feeling like, I want to shut this down, or I want to start something new. I mean, I think that's a good period of time after something traumatic happens, like three months later, you're still wanting the change then I think it's, I mean, it depends what the traumatic instance is though. Like, I feel like deaths in the family, you know, is, is a little intense and it could take like six months to really get your mind back on track. Having lost family members recently. I mean, it takes a while uh, to get your mind back on the right track. So anyway, but yeah, I totally agreed with everything. And I love that you shared that podcast with everyone. It sounds great. Yeah, she's wonderful. She's very uh, straightforward and direct and like really clear. And um, she has a coaching business. So like her business model is she has this podcast and then she sells coaching uh, through it. And it's very simple, you know, like I really like simple, like simple business models, you know, 
Um, and I just, I, I think that sometimes, um, yeah, like when you, when you go through some sort of grief experience, it does change you, you know, and you do kind of look at things differently and you look at your own life and you wonder if you're living your life the to the fullest, you know, you start to kind of question your priorities, you know? And so that's kind of what was happening with me as I was feeling like I was prioritizing things that weren't important, you know, like, um, and like my business, you know, it takes a lot of work and time away from my family. And so like when, when, when someone dies, it, it just really makes you realize like how important your family and your friends are, you know, and yeah. And so I just, I felt really like, wow, I'm not prioritizing what's most important. And like, how do I do that? And the only thought that came to my mind was like, well, I just need to shut my business down, you know, like then I'll have way more time and space to, to put in, you know, time with, with what I really truly like is most important, my relationships. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's really hard. It's like that balancing act of like doing what you're passionate about. And I've always been a very extreme person, you know, like when I'm hyper-focused on what I'm passionate about, like, I don't want to stop, you know? And so then I neglect other things. Um, but I'm like developing more self-awareness around that, like, um, and, and realizing like, I have a superpower, like I can hyper-focus for like five or six hours, but like, is that healthy? No. Like I personally have to really like make efforts to do things that are relaxing. Like that's hard for me, like to relax. Is it hard for you? I don't know. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to say was like, when you're in like, um, like a morning or like a, yeah, like a grief state, I felt this need to do something like, I don't know. Like, I just felt like I needed to take some sort of action. Did you, do you ever feel that way? Like, I need to do something about this. I need to get up and like go fix the world or fix this or fix that or like help this or help that. Like, did, did that happen to you at all? Like in any of your grief experiences? That always happens to me. Like I feel like ignited. Like I, but the, when you're in grief, there's really nothing to do except feel what you feel. And I, I don't like that, you know? So I want to like go do something. Do, do, you, do, do you relate? Yeah. I think I, I think that I definitely, when I get really upset or I'm going through grief, I definitely uh, want to like organize and clean my house, which I never really want to do. And I know you're totally opposite. You keep your house very tidy, very neat. You're very simplistic, right? Like you don't have a bunch of clutter, but I am a hoarder. Yeah. So what I want to do is I want to like organize all my stuff, purge it, get rid of it, like get things like nice and tidy and clean, like, um, I'll organize my whole closet, color code things. Like I do things that I normally wouldn't really do, um, to help myself cope with my feelings. I feel like, well, what can I be in control of? Because I can't be in control of my feelings right now. So what could I be con in control of? And we can all be in control of our physical spaces, mm -hmm. right? It's not always the best thing for my business to go and spend 30 hours in a weekend organizing my closet, yeah. right? When could be so it's I do have issues with that but I don't necessarily see it as a negative thing I mean one thing that I have trying trying to focus on like you said there's this balance between oh your business and your family and relationships and it's like for me I've been trying to make a balance for what like makes me happy without like destroying my life right so like obviously I love all my relationships but do they always make me happy like on a level 10 no you know, like relationships are very difficult. So I try to balance my, my happy energy a little bit, like, you know, and if something is making me happy at the time, why is that thing less valuable than like a relationship just because the relationship is like with people, you know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, I try to balance, I do try to have a balance. Like, I know I need to spend time with people that are important to me, 
But like, if you spend all your time with people that are important to you and none of your time on the th- doing the things you love by yourself, does it kind of break down the relationship you have with yourself a little bit and like yeah. what makes you happy when you're all alone? So it's like, I, I do think it's kind of like this weird balance, like where death really it hyper focuses on the people that mean something to you and family. Like every time something now we've had two of Anthony's family members have died the last five years, right? His nephew, his only nephew and his dad have passed away. And every time that happens, I think, gosh, should we move to Idaho? (laughs) Should we pack up and move and be closer to his family? Cause like in those moments, it just feels really right you know, but then I look at like our life as a whole and it takes me quite a few weeks to like go back to reality a little bit after those deaths have happened. Like it takes me a really long time to kind of like re-see our life and like what makes us happy, you know? So it's just, it's a weird balance. Like you do get hyper-focused on relationships and making those relationships strong and not wanting to spend time on your business. But then eventually you have to come back to like, what makes you happy at the end of the day? I mean, we're all stuck with ourselves the most. So like, I do think like if ma- if working on your business makes you really happy, then why would you want to give that up, you know, just to foster some relationships? You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta balance them out. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I love the way that you kind of look at your own life in just prioritizing what makes you happy rather than like, am I spending enough time with this person and like, um, you know, prioritizing them or this thing or that thing. Um, I love that. And I I do have a therapist who's helped me so much through all of this grief that I've been going through these last few months. And um, she really, she really helps me um, accept myself the way that I am, you know, and like, I feel like that's something that kind of can happen with grief. And, and even like, I have a friend who's going through a divorce right now. And that is a uh, grief invoking as well right you're grieving a relationship like the end of like an era you know and like even though and it is a death like of a relationship and um I just people keep it's been like over a year I guess since she's gotten a divorce and so people keep making her feel bad and she even makes herself feel bad for still being sad about it you know because like in our society, in our culture, grief is hidden. Like we hide it. We don't, we're not allowed to show our emotions, you know, and, and even like as teachers, you know, and we have to just like put on this face all the time, this mask. And I learned my, my therapist was talking about, there's so many like uh, other cultures, like not Western <laughs> society not like the united states but like other cultures in like africa and south america where they have like week long like community like fires and they they have a fire and everyone just cries and screams you know when someone in the community is has passed you know and like there's just like these rituals rich rituals where people can come together and grieve together and like could you imagine that like if we as a society kind of changed the way that we grieved um and and when she told me about that I was just like that is so beautiful like I want that like I want to be able to scream and cry and like just let myself go in front of everyone, you know, and everyone else has permission to do the same. How like cathartic would that be? Um, what do you think, I think about it would be that? So cool, but I feel like our, you know, our society is so capitalistic. You know, like that kind of stuff takes time. It takes time away from like going to work and making money and all of these things that people hold as being so important. And I think that's why that kind of stuff happens in societies that are based around community and we don't live in one. Yeah. I mean, here we are on a business podcast, right? 
<laughs> like we're not living in that kind of society. It would be so cool if we were though. I think that's really could be the key to happiness. You know, yeah. I mean, when they, when they study happiness around the world, some of the poorest people in the world are the happiest. Exactly. Because of the community they have. Well, and you know, my husband, his mom started a school in Tanzania and they go like every summer and they just teach there. And he's been there. He went there when he was 19 for like three weeks and it changed his life. And he was just so amazed at just um, the little, like just the, the, how little they had, but yet how, how bright and shining their smiles were, you know, like what they live in like, they, they like their floor is dirt, right? They live in these huts with dirt floors and like no running water and things like this. And like, and yet these people seem like so joyous, like, how is this possible? Um, and yeah, I don't know. And we have yeah, like this I... mental health crisis and we're the, you know, like richest country in the world or one of the richest countries in the world. Like what? That makes no sense. The more we have, the more upset we are usually. Yeah. I, there's actually a book written about that and I used to have it. Um, and I feel like I, I want to get the word right, but it's called Ubuntu. U-B-U-N-T-U. And yeah. it is the idea of that, right? Like it's the idea of, you know, community and giving yourself to other people, making you happy over, over anything else. And I think in a way, Teachers Pay Teachers can sort of be like that because like some of the stuff that we make is helping I mean, hundreds if or thousands of classrooms, right? Like the more you pour in of yourself into a product, the more people it's helping. And yes, it is kind of messed up because we are making a profit on that, right? We are making a profit on our time. But if you think about it, like some of these products out there, like it's like throwing that pebble into the pond and seeing the ripple go. And even like your blog posts or videos or this podcast. I mean, when you're creating content that's going to be helping like multiple people, I do feel like that's kind of like a form of it, you know, because you are, you know, you're doing this because you have a generous heart. I don't think most people start this or even start getting into education because, oh, they want to make millions of dollars, right? Yeah. Well, and <laughs> I don't people think are very giving, giving with time, giving with information. And that is sort of a little bit of the, um, you know, the, the premise of this Ubuntu, I'm probably saying it wrong, idea. Yeah, well, and I don't think it's messed up if you make a profit, you know, uh, I'm actually looking this up, this concept up, uh, because, you know, just, um, I think that we like being compensated for our time and energy is important, you know, but also, I feel like the best things that I've done have, like, have been just from a heart of giving and not so much like wanting to make money from it, you know? And, and like, yeah, there's some, there's something about that when it comes to business, that's really powerful, you know? And it almost feels like, like, for example, I just hosted a webinar yesterday. Um, like a few weeks ago, I was like, ah, I really need, like, I'm feeling, you know, the pinch. I have some credit cards that I really want to start paying down. And I thought, okay, it's time to do another webinar. Um, and it's a webinar I've done before. And I didn't really have very much time to promote it. You know, I promoted it to my list a few times. And I only had like 60 people sign up. And that's not very many. You know, that's very few. And then I sent a few emails reminding the people who signed up to come. I even sent an email to my whole list, giving them the Zoom link to come, right? And I realized like, you know what? Like no one might show up. Like that's not very many people to sign up, right? Like if you want a lot of people to come to your webinar, you're gonna need to have like a lot of, like hundreds of people sign up because people sign up for stuff and then they don't show up live, you know, but you got to e email them a lot to remind them. And I did email a lot. I emailed the day before I emailed an hour before, and I emailed 10 minutes before the webinar. 
And I had, and I just went into it thinking, you know what, like no one might come. And I realized, you know what though, like I, I really care deeply about this topic and I really want to help teachers and I don't care if no one comes, I'm going to record this anyways and send the replay because I know this can help teachers. And it was about helping students to become more independent and take ownership of their learning. And really that was the topic, but really it was about supporting kids who struggle to be independent. And so because I care, so I have such a big heart for kids who struggle, you know, and parent and teachers who are burned out. I was like, I don't care who comes. I'm doing this because I know it's going to help at least one person when I send the replay. And two people came, two teachers, and I was like, you have me, you know, for like an hour. I'm excited to help you ask me questions throughout. Like, and they both stayed the entire time, like an hour and a half. And they were so thankful and so grateful. And I felt so good. I'm even getting goosebumps, you know, and I was just like, whatever. And one of them signed up for my program, right? Like, and I'm happy because I helped some people, you know, like it doesn't matter if I didn't make that much money. And I I just think when we get so caught up in the money, like it's kind of hard to remember like, oh wait, I actually really want to help people. And coming from it from that angle, I think is better than the money making. Um, And a lot of the really successful entrepreneurs I know, they really do have very big giving hearts and are very generous with their time and are not concerned about money and somehow not being concerned with money all the time made them so successful. Yeah. And one one person that does come to my mind is Jen Jones. Um, she's from Hello Literacy. Mm-hmm. And she just, and that's kind of how her career started. She started blogging about literacy and the new common core standards and how to use them. And then just like, she just started getting floods of people asking her for help. And she's just helping everyone. Like, I mean, she will take her time out of her day to message you back. And she has like 100,000 followers. She really will type out, very meaningful responses to her followers. Like she never ignores people when they reach out to her. And I mean, and it's, it's, she's built a very like massively successful career from just like giving herself and helping kids learn how to read. I mean, she does this a lot and she also donates a lot of money to donors choose. She's funded quite a few of my donors chooses out there. And just like, it's amazing. Like just having that giving heart, I have seen a lot of people like explode in their business when they stop caring so much about their profit margin and they start caring more about just helping people. And I I know that you can get sucked into it and then you, you know, obviously you don't want to go broke in your business. So I think you have to have a savvy business mind and definitely be selling stuff, but you can have success. Like you can build quite a cool platform by just you know, having that heart, like above everything else. Yeah. And sometimes you can kind of like, you can feel it, you know, you can feel kind of the tension release when you're, when you come at it from a helping heart, like you said, because if I came into this webinar thinking, oh, no one's coming or, oh man, there's only two people here. Like, how different is that? How different is my attitude going to be during that webinar if I have that attitude? Like, oh man, I'm not going to make any money. I did all this work for nothing. But instead I was like, oh my gosh, two people are here. I can't wait to help them, you know? And like, I don't, yeah, there's, and, and there's something about grief that kind of does that to a person. Like it, it just like, yeah. It definitely like slows your thinking down a little bit, slows mm-hmm. your role down, right? Because you might be zooming through life and then it grief is like a break. Like you have to put on the brakes and deal with whatever's in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. And it kind of slows you down. It slows your thinking down. It slows, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, older people and specifically my grandma who passed away a long, long time ago. 
Um, but she used to just like, I used to kind of marvel at her life because I'm a little kid running around wanting to do all the things. And she'd like sit and look at the bird feeder, you know, for like a couple hours, right? And marvel at the birds, out her bird feeder out her window. And I just be like, how can she do that? I don't understand, but it's kind of like it being able to enjoy the little things is some is one gift that grief gives you. Because you do really slow down and you start to notice, like you notice your students doing the littlest, kindest action, right? And maybe in a normal week, you're so busy, you don't notice those little things. But but with the grief, it just rolls you down where I think it's your soul is looking for any positive in the world because you're feeling so much negative that the positives stand out even more. And it's kind of cool. Like, it's kind of cool in a way. I mean, it's, I don't want to say that grief is ever cool, but it is something that you gain from it for sure. Like you do gain this lesson of like just slowing down, appreciating the little things. Like you're appreciating those two people. Like maybe six months ago, you would have been like, oh my gosh, that was such a waste of time. Right. But now you're just like, because you're kind of coming off of this wave of grief right now, like um, this traumatic event, like you, you are kind of slower. Maybe it's bringing more patience into your life, calmer, looking for things to be grateful for because you're grateful for your life and the life of those around you. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I've slowed down. I mean, I think sometimes well, I sped up. You got to slow down a little bit. Like when you're only talking to two people, like you are kind of having a slower conversation when, than when you're thinking of all the other people in the room, right? I'm thinking about that webinar with just two people and how you were like so grateful for those two people. But like maybe six months ago before this traumatic event, maybe you would have been a little more bummed out and not as grateful. Like I think grief brings this this level of gratitude to your life. And you don't even know like that it's there, you know, until you're looking back at things that you've done the last few weeks and you're like, oh yeah, like I was actually really grateful for that to happen. It just, it puts this, it puts this weird, like you're wearing these weird glasses for a while and it's, it's really, really, really hard, but there are some positives, you know? Yeah. I've read somewhere too, that when you can make meaning of something really traumatic and hard that happened in your life that it actually you there's 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 more likelihood that you're going to be able to come out of it kind of stronger and and a better person with more perspective I guess when you're able to kind of make meaning out of out of what happened because if you can't like if you can't face it or yeah you're like constantly living in confusion or like rejecting what happened or being angry about what happened um, that, 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 yeah, it's harder for you to kind of, uh, come out of it healthier, but if you can make meaning out of it, um, and I think that's kind of what's happened with me that I have, it really has impacted me so profoundly. Um, and I wish I could explain more about what happened. Um, but I can't, uh, I'm sorry, listeners, but it it was definitely so, so, so hard and traumatic. And if you're someone who's listening right now, I feel like the people that press play on this maybe are going through something really hard. You know, maybe they didn't, maybe someone didn't die, but um, there's so many hard things that, that happen in someone's life. Like even on a day-to-day basis, you know, burnout in general, Um, I guess we should maybe leave them with some supportive (laughs) advice. And I guess my supportive advice is um, allow, like, I feel like that really helped me a lot. Like, that's what my therapist says a lot to me, like kind of allow whatever is happening for you to happen. Like, don't add on the layer of like beating yourself up about it, you know, because you're kind of not you're letting things go maybe more than you would want to, or you're more upset than you would want to, or maybe you're really numb and not feeling anything. And you feel bad that you don't feel anything, you know, like there's just so many layers. And like, if you could just like accept wherever you are, you know, in every moment, it takes off the kind of like self-flagellation that can sometimes happen, you know, when you're feeling something that maybe you think you shouldn't be feeling or whatever, So just kind of allow space to feel whatever 
you're feeling and to allow your business to kind of slide. Um, and that that's okay. That money is not everything. Yeah. What do you, what are you, what is your advice? You've been through a lot too in your life. I think that I like allow, I'm going to branch off of allow. I like that because I, I think some of the best advice I got that I, I went through this one really traumatic event and it was, it was, uh, it was like a heartbreak. It was like, um, a bad, a bad heartbreak. And I had gone through therapy, counseling. I read all these self-help books. And one thing was, it started with allow, it was allow new things into your life. Like, don't just start new things like, oh, this might be fun, but allow new things to happen as you're, you're going through things. And I, I had gone through this one really bad, like a bad breakup. Uh, it's, I could write a TV movie about it. It was so bad. Right. And one thing, one of, one of the things I learned, uh, and it was through therapy. And then my therapist had me read this book, right. About being abandoned, like abandonment. And one thing in the book was like, allow yourself to meet new people and have new experiences, just allow things to happen. Because like, so often when we're feeling grief, trauma, burnout, we're just like, no, we just say no all the time. Like, I can't do another thing. I can't allow anything else to happen to me right now. I can't do it. But just try, try to allow new experiences, a new, even if it's just a new book or a new like meet up, like a new, uh, you know, you meet a new person or you go to coffee with someone new. I mean, just allow some new things to happen to you. And it does help with the healing process. I will say that's the thing that's helped me the most is allowing new things to happen when my soul is screaming, no, 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 like, don't do it. Don't let anything new, don't start some, like, I mean, not starting new businesses, but I'm saying like new books, new places, new events, new people, things that make you grow and change, allow it to kind of like into your life, allow it to happen. Because a lot of times when you're going through grief or burnout, there are people out there that are trying to reach you and you might have a wall up that you don't realize with them. And so that's, and some of the greatest things that have ever happened to me is because I allowed things to happen during periods of grief. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And well, but I, I, another side of this though, is like, if you are feeling resistance to that, it's okay. Like, I'm just going oh, back yeah. to my allow, right? Like, because there were certain times, like when I was going through all of this, that I was like, there's no way I do not want to talk to that person. No, 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 no. Like, I just couldn't, I don't know. Like, there's just like this. That's why I said new, because I think in grief, like, you know, what's behind you, you know, like old relationships and old people, like, you know, but sometimes allowing a new person in a new acquaintance, someone to go to coffee with, someone you've never really talked to before, just like opening your heart up a little bit to like a new, like even an acquaintance, it can be so life-changing because it's just, I, I think grief is sort of a transition period. And in order to like transition to the next best thing, like the next new thing, like coming, you need to open your heart a little bit to accept it in. And like I said, it could just be like, an acquaintance that you go and get coffee with one time in your life. Right. And like, I mean, I don't know, like the weirdest things can happen, but yeah, definitely. Like, that's why I say allow new in something new, totally different, not starting a new business necessarily or scrapping your old one or scrapping your old friends, but look for those new doors. Cause there are a lot of new doors that happen during times of grief sometimes they're even books or podcasts like you recommended a podcast today maybe if you're feeling a lot of grief you should go check out that podcast that was really a cool like podcasts and books and things like that classes they can be new I mean they can totally change your life like this book I read about abandonment it changed my entire course of my life right <laughs> it was very very cool 
<laughs> so just something new, I think is kind of beneficial, but you got to allow it because sometimes you're just feeling so closed off and so emotionally distraught. And like you build a wall up, at least I do personally, I build a little fortress around myself and I don't want to let anything in. And just like I said, the best advice was just, just once in a while through the process, allowing one new thing and seeing what happens with that. Like this podcast, like if it was me listening to this podcast right now, I'd listen to the podcast you recommended and just be like, hmm, I'm going to listen to that and just see if anything strikes a chord with me. It'll be something new I, I, I let into my life because letting a podcast into your life, like it's huge. You're letting someone into your head. You're listening to them talk to you, right? It's a big commitment. Yeah, I guess, I guess the reason that it's not resonating for me as much is because I am someone who allows too much, like new, too much new stuff in, right? Like I need, I need more of like a, more of a wall to protect myself, I guess. And so, yeah, like, I guess it depends on who you are. Right. And so like, you know, just self-knowledge about like what you need in that moment, like give, try and give yourself whatever it is that you need in that moment. And if it is that you need a wall in that moment, I'm saying you can allow yourself to build that wall. Like it's okay. Like don't feel guilty about that wall being there for a little while, but like if it's permanent, yeah. And it's like isolating you and you're like in the depths of like a depressive episode I think your advice would be really good for someone like, okay, fine. Like I'll go and take a walk or something, you know, like I'll try like to do something new that's not in the norm or whatever. Um, but yeah, like I just, yeah, that, that whole idea of just kind of like allowing whatever it is that you're feeling, um, to be there. Um, but yeah, there is this whole idea of like wallowing, but then there's like the guilt of wallowing in your grief and yeah, or, or like the guilt of forgetting the bad thing that happened. Like sometimes I'll be so happy and elated and then I'll remember and I'll be like, how can I be right happy right now? How could I be laughing right now? I feel so bad, you know, for like being happy because this person's never going to be able to experience this, you know? And so like the guilt of that. And so like what I've been doing is just like naming it, right? And there's this actually really cool acronym called RAIN. Um, I don't, have you ever heard that acronym before? I've heard it for something else. Okay. So the it's it was invented by Tara Brock, who I really love. She wrote a book called like uh, Radical Self-Acceptance or um, something like that. But RAIN acronym, I don't want to get this wrong, but it's, uh, rain is recognize. So like recognize whatever's happening for you. Like maybe you're building a wall and like you're isolating yourself and that's making things worse. Um, and then allow that's the, that's a, um, so just like allowing those feelings and notice investigate means like, where are you feeling this in your body? What thoughts are happening that are causing this? And then nurture is like, be compassionate with yourself, like realize like, like, you know, what's happening for you and like self-love kind of like being really accepting and, and, and compassionate towards whatever you're going through. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Do you have any other last words? I know we were going to end like 15 minutes ago, but we I think we're good. I think that we've, we've given people a lot of things to think about. We might even need to chop this episode into two parts. Yeah. I think might. it's really long, but I think it's good. I think we have a lot of resources, a lot of ideas. And yeah, just know that if you are experiencing the grief, burnout, or trauma, like you're definitely not alone. I think about 99% of teachers are feeling that too. Yeah. Right now, just the burnout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, yeah, self-compassion is so important. Um, I should, yeah, Tara Brock, uh, she's amazing. I just going to want to, I'm going to recommend her book real quick. She's actually one of the teachers in my mindfulness and meditation program. Um, and she's just so 
wonderfully like accepting and really is all about um self-compassion and like yeah this whole idea of allowing I'm looking for her book yeah it's called radical compassion there's another one called radical acceptance embracing your life with the heart of a buddha um yeah she's written a lot of books that are really great so check her out great can't wait to Okay. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening. Namaste. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this extremely serious episode brought to you by some truly wacky teacherpreneurs. Visit our website, wackyteacherpreneurs.com to get more support growing your business. Please leave us a five-star review. And remember, if you share this podcast with 10 other people, you'll have good luck forever.